Welcome to Directions in Rashi, a podcast that will help you understand individual comments from Rashi throughout the Chumash, and that will also introduce you to some of the general principles which I feel uh, directed Rashi in his creation of his commentary, and that will help us to understand his commentary better all around. Welcome. At the, near the end of Parshish Mitzvah, we have a series of topics. We have a series of halachas about different kinds of tumor. They go in the following order. The first topic is Zov. A Zov is a man who has an unnatural emission from his uh, male organ, and he is tummy certain, uh, certain kinds of tumor, certain levels of tumor. The next topic is Sheikh Vazera, that is a man who has a seminal emission for whatever reason, that man is Tameh. Then come the halachas of Nida, and then come the halachas of Zava. A Zava is a woman who has a uh, unnatural bleeding, not at the normally expected time of the month. Of course, the halachas are quite complex, but those are the order, that's the order of the topics at the end of Parshish Mitzvah. After the Torah completes the final topic of Zava, we find the following Pasuk. Behizartem espenei Yisrael mitumasom. We'll translate Behizartem as Rashi does. And you will separate, like similar to the word Nazir, who is separated from wine and other things. You will separate the Bnei Yisrael mitumasom from their Tuma. Bolo yamusu mitumasom and they will, shall not die because of their tumor, by causing tumor to my mishkan, which is amongst them. Let's see Rashi. Rashi says, before we see Rashi, let's just keep in mind two general questions. General question number one, is this Pasuk a continuation of the Parsha of Zava? Is this specifically talking about Zava and perhaps about Nida, which the, law, the laws of Nida and Zava really are, are a pair, they go together. So is this a conclusion to the Parsha about Nida and Zava? Or is this a general Pasuk about all kinds of Tumor? Is it saying in some way that we have to separate ourselves from all kinds of Tumor? That's one general question. And another general question is this word, Behizartem, how exactly should we translate it? Should it be translated as something similar to the word nazir, which means separated, or it should be translated as if there were a hay over here, and it said, you shall warn the B'nai Yisrael about their Torah. Let's see Rashi. Rashi says, Ein nazira elaprisha. This word nazira or behizartem only means prisha. It's one meaning is to be separated from something, like the Nazir. The Chain, and similarly, we have a Pasuk in Yeshaya, Nazeru Achor. They were separated back. They slid back. They were separated from where they should be, and they slid back. The Chain, and also a Pasuk in Bracious, Nazir Echov. Yosef is referred to as the separate one from amongst his brothers because he was sold down to Egypt, and for many years he was separated from his brothers. So Rashi answers our first general question, Rashi, or our second technically. He says that the hizarta means you will 
separate the Bnei Yisrael from their tumor. Now, they should not die because of their tumor. So Rashi says, Harei HaKores Shal Metame Mikdash Korimisa. Behold, you see here that the chorus of the, the Oynish, the punishment of chorus, which applies to someone who is Metame Mikdash, to somebody who causes Tumah to the Mikdash, meaning really that he entered the Mikdash while he was Tome, he or she, Kori Misa, that is called Misa. Now, this is somewhat cryptic, but what is Rashi getting at? The, the Pasuk doesn't say chorus at all. Pasuk says, Yamusu, they will die. Rashi says, the chorus of this person who causes Tumah in the Besa Mikdash is called Misa. We do, although we don't understand the Rashi yet fully, not even a quarter of the way, maybe even less, maybe we'll get up to a quarter of the way by the time we're finished. But although we have uh, only in the very beginning stages of trying to understand this Rashi, I think we do see one thing already, that Rashi is telling us that this Pasuk is talking about, not about Zavan Nida, but it's talking about Matama Mikdash. It's talking about any person who is Tomei, any kind of Tuma, who enters the Besa Mikdash, which he is not allowed to do. And it's telling us that such person is Chayev Chorus. Okay. So we do, we have gleaned that much from the Rashi. Now the super commentators, the Mizrahi, the Gorarie, they, they explain Rashi as follows, the second part of Rashi. First of all, they, they remind us that we have to remember that there are two punishments in the Torah, of course, out of many, but two of them that are relevant here. One is called chorus and one is called Nisibidei Shemayim. Now they are similar. They both involve a person dying uh, before his time. Doesn't mean immediate death, but a person is subject to death by the heavenly court. If the person is, is high of chorus or high of Nisibidei Shemayim, What's the difference between the two of them? It's a machloikis, but Rashi's opinion is that a person who is chayev misibidei shamayim simply will die before his or her time comes. However, a person who is chayev chorus, it's even worse. The person will die before his time comes, and also the person's children will be, will be taken away from him. One could talk about whether that's fair to the children. That's another discussion. But the punishment of the father would be that his, not only will he die before his time, but his children also will be taken away. Would that apply to a mother? We'll talk about that later. But certainly it applies to a father. That's chorus. So chorus, uh, as the Mepharshim say, and as Rashi says in several places, is who is nichrosim. By chorus, most the person, the person himself and his children are taken away from this world. And Nisibide Shemayim, only the person himself or herself is, is killed by a Kodesh Baruch. Now, the Mepharshim explain as follows. Rashi had a problem. Why is Rashi telling us that this chorus of the Tama Mikdash is called Misa. Why? What, 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 what is he getting at? 
he, he clearly seems to be trying to answer some question, but what, what is the question? So they explain, there is a Pasek in Parsha's Chukas, in the Parsha of Paradoma, that says if a person becomes Tmeimes, if a person becomes Tame because of contact with the dead body, so the person must be sprinkled with water that has been mixed with the ashes of the Paradoma, and then uh, the person becomes Toho. Now the Pasek there says, the Isha a person who becomes stomach and is not sprinkled with this water, and you have to put in a few words here, and this person either eats sanctified foods or enters the base of Mikdash. So if the person, such a person enters the base of Mikdash, what is the punishment if he has not purified himself? from the Tumas Mace, the Nechrisa Hanefeshahi Mitoicha Kohol. This person will be cut off from the congregation, which means he will be Chayev Chorus. He and his children will be killed. He has Mikdash Hashem Timeh, because the Mikdash Hashem he has defiled, he has made it Tameh. May Nidol is a The water mixed with the Paraduma is called May Nido. It is not directly related to the what we call Anida, a woman who is coming in a certain way, it means the sprinkling water has not been thrown upon him, Tamehu. So he is Tameh, and if he enters the base of Mikdash, he is Chayev Chorus. Now here in this Pasek, in Parshas Hukas, we see that a person who is Tameh and nonetheless illegally enters the base of Mikdash is Chayev Chorus. In our Pasek, Rashi's telling us, the Pasuk only says, The people should not die because of the Tumah. When they make my Mishkan Tameh. So this Pasuk also seems to be talking about someone who enters the Beis HaMikdash while Tameh. But it says only that the person will die. That by, by not doing it, he will, he will ensure that he won't die. Uh, so it sounds like a person who transgresses that sin only gets Misibide Shemayim, only quote unquote. That was Rashi's question, to which Rashi answered, Hakoras Shomatama Mikdash Kori Misa. The chorus that a person who enters the base of Mikdash while Tome, the chorus that that person is subject to, is called in the Torah Misa. It's called by the name Misa, but it really means chorus. Because uh, even when someone is high of chorus, yes, the person dies. So it is, uh, it is uh, possible, it is uh, reasonable to call it by the name death, even though it really entails more than that. But certainly the, the main point is that he dies. So therefore here in this Pasuk, when it says, it's not a contradiction to the Pasuk in Parshish Chukas that says that the person is high of chorus because Yamusu, they will die also can refer to chorus, because the main part of chorus also is that the person dies. This is how the Mepharshim explained Rashi. But I think there are two questions that we can ask on this Rashi and on the way that the Mepharshim explained. First of all, Let's talk about Rashi's question. And the Farshim say that Rashi had a question here. He had it, he didn't write it out, 
He didn't write it explicitly, which is which is his his normal habit. But he does not write his questions explicitly, except in certain extraordinary cases. But the Mepharshim say that Rashi was bothered by a question that he had, because this pasuk seems seems to be contradicted by a pasuk in Parshas Kukas. Now I have explained many many times that Rashi does not usually ask questions that are based on later psukim, because if the pasuk in front of him was reasonable, if there were no no important questions to ask on the pasuk itself as as one reads it, the fact that some other pasuk later in the Torah might contradict it, Rashi didn't bother with that. He would only bother with it when he came to the second pasuk. But if the first pasuk makes sense the way you read it, so Rashi will usually just leave it like that. Now this pasuk, I would say, makes perfectly good sense when you read it for itself. He says, it says, uh, make sure that the Bnei Yisrael separate themselves from the Beis HaMikdash uh, so that they should not come into the Beis HaMikdash or the Mishkan when they are Tomei. And this way, they will not be Chayat Nisa. That, can, we, can we live with that? Is that a, is that a problem? No. Well, what, what's the problem? The only problem is, the Mephoshim say, is that there's a Pasuk in Parshas Fulkas that says that the punishment is not Nisa, the punishment is Chorus. That would seem to be the type of question that Rashi doesn't usually deal with. So we have to understand why is Rashi here spending, using his precious ink to answer a question that really could have been left for later, for when he gets to the Pasuk in Parshas Fulkas. That's one question on this Rashi. And the other question is on Rashi's answer. What does Rashi answer to this question? Let's, let's imagine that we'll somehow be able to understand why his question was a good and appropriate question. And now let's look at the answer. His answer was, well, it's true that really a person who transgresses this prohibition doesn't just get Misa B'deshemayim, the person really gets chorus. But the Torah calls this chorus by the name Misa. Why? Because... Uh, well, you know, chorus is included in the word Nisa. It's also a, a way of dying, although it, it entails certain other things, but it's also could be called dying. Well, that's a little hard to understand. I mean, it, it sounds like it's permitted. It is not uh, illogical and inappropriate to refer to chorus as Nisa. But why? Why would the Torah do so? We're not talking about uh, someone uh, like me who is uh, giving a Shi'ar and uh, as I'm speaking, I may say something that's not exactly precisely correct. It's not wrong, but it's not the exact the precise term for something. Why? Because I'm talking and I, I'm, uh, I haven't written everything out and before and I'm only human. People make small, uh, small mistakes like that. They're not even mistakes. They're just, they say things that are slightly imprecise. Here we're talking about a Pusik and the Torah written by HaKadosh Baruch Hu, transmitted to Moshe Rabbeinu. And you're saying, well, the real thing to say over here, the really precise word to say over here would have been chorus. But the Torah said, Nisa B'day Shemayim, because Yesh Bechal Masayim Mana, included in $200 is $100, Nisa is included in chorus. It's an imprecise way of talking. Why would the Torah do it? So, Let's begin with the second question first. Why did the Torah use the word Nisa here when really the punishment that one gets for transgressing this sin is 
Chorus. Hugo Arie discusses this. He says uh, three answers. His first answer is really what we said. Simply that, uh, well, uh, Misa, the word Misa includes Chorus. So the, the, the Torah said Misa when it really meant Chorus. But then he says two other answers. Let's take a look. He says that here, the chorus for someone who was Metame, the, the Beis Amikdash, for someone who enters the Beis Amikdash while Tame, is called Misa. He says, because this Pasuk is talking also about Nashim, it's also talking about women. It's talking about all people who are Tame in general. It says, We don't find by a woman that he and her children should be cut off, should be subject to chorus. Women are high of chorus. A woman, there are many, many areas that a woman could do and could be high of chorus. Uh, for example, uh, if a man has relations with his own sister, so the two of them are high of chorus. But we don't ever find, says the, says the Gorarye, that a woman will be killed because of chorus and also that her children will be killed before, because of chorus. Says, Children do not die because of their mother. The Maral, the Goraya says, we don't find this anywhere. Why this is, I don't know. Whoever wants to spend some time thinking about it, perhaps can find a reason or a source. I don't know, but he is apparently correct that we don't find this, this idea that a woman who does certain averas would be killed by a Kodesh Baruch and also her children would be killed. The only thing is that if we look, for example, in Parshas Kedoshim, in the Pasuk regarding someone who has relations with his own sister, so there the Pasuk says, They will be cut off, they will be subject to chorus in the eyes of all their people. So it says in Parshas Kedoshim that if a man has relations with his sister, the two of them are high of course. Now there is talking about man and woman. It's referring to a woman also. And it says chorus. So I don't, I don't know what the morale, I don't know what the Goraya is going to do with that Pusik. The Goraya is saying that why didn't our Pusik here in Mitsura say the word chorus? Because here we're also talking about women, and women don't truly get chorus. They don't get the full the full uh, measure of chorus ever. But I'm not sure, I'm not sure where he saw that, because uh, as I just said, in Parshish Kadeshim, for example, and in many other places, we have Sukkim which are clearly talking about women in addition to men, and it says chorus. Okay, that's one answer of the Goraya. Hinami, or another answer he says. Let's read a few words here. To Kormar Vihizartem. The Pasuk here says, Vihizartem. Sheyu Mazhirim Umafrishim Es Yisrael that they should warn and separate the Bnei Yisrael. Now, it sounds like here the Maral is drifting a little bit away from Rashi, who says that the word Behizartem means Nazira, to separate. And the Maral seems to be entertaining the thought that the word Behizartem perhaps also refers to warning. He says, here the Torah says Behizartem, that they should warn and separate the Jews from sin. The main 
separated that, for example, that Basin should warn the Jews not to get in trouble and not to be Chayav Misa, the main separating would be regarding the person's own debt. To Ilu Misa's Banav, the Korah Shalahem, because the idea that his children may die, Enam Bivadai, that's not for sure. Because he says some people have children and some people don't. So if this Pasuk is telling based in to warn the Klai Yisrael that they should not enter the base of Mikdash when they are Tameh, because it could lead to their own death. So, so the Goraya says, it's not going to mention the fact that their children might die, because that doesn't apply to everybody. Also, not such an easy answer to understand. I'm not offering anything better, but I'm simply pointing out that these answers uh, are, are difficult. Now, that was the second question that we raised on Rashi. What about the first question? Why is Rashi raising a question that is based on a later Pusik? Again, the Mephoshim explained that Rashi had a problem. Our Pusik says if you enter the base of Mikdash while you're tame, you get Nisa Shemayim. But the Pusik in Parshish Kuka says you get chorus, which is an even worse punishment. So Rashi answers what he answered. We were discussing the answer before. Well, let's analyze the question. It comes out that Rashi is asking a question from a later Pasuk. In order to answer this question, I think we need to go to a Gemara in the Sech Let's see the couple of line of Gemara. Tanu Rabbana, the rabbis thought, You will separate the Bnei Yisrael from the Tumor. That's our Pasuk, the Pasuk that we've been discussing. Amar of Yeshia, Mikan From here we have a warning that Bnei Yisrael should separate themselves from their wives when it is Samoch Levistan. This means that a woman has becomes a Nida usually once a month. And it is usually, by most women, it is fairly predictable. You can make a calendar and she can figure out that probably the next time she's going to become a Nida will be on such and such a day on the calendar. And it can even be predicted usually whether it will be at night or in the day. Now, let's say she makes a calculation and she figures out that she's probably going to become a Nida on the first day of Nisan in the daytime. That's called her vest. That's called her, her regular time to become a Nida. Now, obviously, once she becomes a Nida, her husband is forbidden to have relations with her. Until she becomes an Ida, well, he's allowed. But this Pasuk is telling us that when it comes close to that vest, when it comes close to that Aleph Nisan in the daytime, he has to already separate himself before she actually becomes a Nida. And the Gemara continues, the comma, how much? How much earlier than the arrival of her Nidus does he have to separate? So Rabbi says an oina. An oina is one daytime period or one nighttime period. In other words, all the nighttime hours are called an one ona, and then all the daytime hours that follow it are called another ona, and so on. So it comes out like this. If she makes the calculation that she is going to become a nida again on Aleph Nisan at uh, 10 o'clock in the morning. So she is usher to her husband beginning at sunrise, or let's not get into that complication, 
but she is also to her husband at the beginning of that day, even before her, her nidus begins, because that's called Samoklavista. That's close to the time that she would expect to become a nida. Really, she calculated she's going to become a nida on the 10th of Nisan. It's probably going to be about uh, to 11 o'clock in the morning. But she is usher. As soon as it comes to some of the vista, means within that ona, within that day period, during those daylight hours, as soon as those daylight hours begin, she is usher. Same thing would apply if, let's say, she, um, she made a calculation. She figured she's probably going to become Anida um, on base Nisan at night, meaning the night following base Nisan. And it will, probably the Nidas will begin at uh, 11 o'clock at night. She becomes usher to her husband at nightfall on base Nisan, because that's already called Samach Levista. So the Gemara is saying a completely different explanation of this Pasuk. It is saying that the Bnei Yisrael must separate themselves from their wives when it comes to that time that is called Samuch Levista. If we look in the uh, Rabbeinu Bechayi's commentary on Chumash, he explains our Pasuk here exactly like the Gemara. He feels that it's Pshat. Talk about some of the problems with this Pshat. But uh, the, the Rabbeinu Bechayi and others they say that this is pshat. This pasuk is telling us that the Yisrael have to separate from their wives samoch levista. Now, this is an, certainly an alternative to Rashi, and I think we can say as follows: Rashi began his comment by saying that this pasuk is talking about mitama mikdash, not about separating from Anida the Samach Levista. No, it's talking about something else completely. It's talking about a person who is Tame that he should not go into the base of Mikdash. And if he does so, he gets chorus. Or at least it's talking about not going into the base of Mikdash when you are Tame. Now Rashi had a, but why did Rashi say that? Why did he choose this explanation of the Pasuk rather than the Gemara's explanation of the Pasuk? Well, I can give two very convenient reasons. First of all, the Pasuk says here that those who transgress this, this Avera, whatever it is, those who violate this Pasuk will die. Now, a person who has relations with his wife, Samoch Levista, which means before she really became a Nida, but it was just the day or night period in which the Nidus was expected to start, that person is not Chayav Misa. He, was, he did not have relations with a Nida. She's not a nida. It's just an added humra. It's a humra that's in the Torah, but she's not a she's not a nida, not chayav nisa. So that's one raya that Rashi had. That this pasuk is not talking about the nida samach levista. It's talking about entering the base of mikdash when you're tummy. And another proof that Rashi had, another at least indication, I think a very strong indication, is this part of the pasuk. The pasuk says v'tamom es mishkani. You have to be careful about being mitame my mikdash. That clearly sounds like we're talking about entering the base of mikdash while tummy. That doesn't sound like doesn't sound like that's a reason or that's a that's a description of someone who has relations with his wife. Samach levista. What's that got to do with mitame es mishkani? 
those words clearly sound like. Those words clearly indicate that what we're talking about here is Matama Mikdash. Now, that, and that was Rashi's opinion, but he did have a question on his opinion. His question on his, on his opinion is, but there's a Pasuk in Parshat Skukas that says that a person who is Matama Mikdash does not get Misa, but rather gets Karas. Now, what kind of a question is Rashi asking here? He's not asking a question on the Pasuk itself. He's asking a question on himself. He's saying, I think that this Pasuk is talking about Matama Mikdash and not about the Nida, son of the Vista. But I can ask the question on myself because there's a Pasuk later in the Torah that says that a person who does the Avera that I'm talking about, the person who enters the base of Mikdash while he is stomach, that person is high of chorus, not just Misa. And Rashi gives his answer. We discussed the answer before. This I have said many times, that when Rashi has a question, not on the Pasuk itself, but on himself, then he will even ask questions based on later Psukim, and he will break certain other rules that he has in order to come to an answer to his question. I think that's why Rashi here asks a question from a later Pasuk. Now, we are still left with two questions. Two questions not on Rashi, but on the Gemara and on Rabbeinu Bechayi, who understands that the Gemara is shot in this Pasuk. The two questions are the two points that we raised that are supports for Rashi, and I think they are very difficult kashas on, on, the, on the Gemara. The Gemara says this Pasuk is talking about a person who has relations with his wife, Samach Levista, close to the time that she is expected to become a Nita. Question number one, why would the Pasuk say below Yamusu? They should not die, even if he would do it. He's not going to get Nisa. Because she's not a Nida. That's question number one. And question number two, which I think is even stronger, is what is the meaning of these words? The Tamam es Mishkani. That seems to clearly indicate, like Rashi, that this Pasuk is talking about going into the Mikdash while Tameh. Why would those words be in a Pasuk about a man having relations with his wife, Samach Levista? These questions are addressed by the Nitzit. I mean, Aftali Svi Yehuda Berlin, the, the Rosh Yeshiva of the great Yeshiva in Volozhin, in his, in his uh, Sefer on Chumash, Hemek Dover. So the Nitziv explains as follows. We'll read a little bit. Kadrash Yadur, the, the Midrash, the explanation that the Gemara gives about this Pasuk is known. It's known to people like the Nitziv. A lot of other people don't know it. But it's a Gemara. Really, we should all know every Gemara. The The Pesach is coming to separate a man from his wife when it is Samach Levistah, when it is close to the time that she is, by calculation, expected to become a Yamusa. However, it is not precise according to this. It doesn't, not understandable according to this. Why this Pesach says, Yamusa. Why does this Pesach say, don't do this, so that you won't die. The Koe Altumas Mikdash. Those words indicate that the Pasik is talking about Tumas Mikdash, about not going into the base of Mikdash when Tameh. But they don't seem to be referring to the person who has relations with his wife, even before she becomes Anita, because that person would not be Chayat Nisa. The Nitziv says, 
ולפי הפשט קוראי גם אסורה והזהרתם וגם אסורה ולא ימוסו, הוא אומר שכבודי תדע פשט, כל פוסק is referring to the bias isha samoch leves. No, it really is referring to the one that, that, that we should not, the person should not have relations with his wife, samoch levista. He says, why? Because if a person will have relations with his wife when she is samoch levista, if, if, if a person will do that, he says, if he will have relations with his wife, Samach Levista, he says, it may happen that he will actually, eventually, he'll come to have relations with a woman who is Anita Mamash, who is literally Anita. This is like a Zera Media Raisa. We have such a thing, but not the time to go into it now. There are such ideas. There are such psukim, where something is Osemid Minatayra, and then the Torah adds on another thing that you shouldn't do because it might lead to the first thing. Now, this that it is written b'tamomes mishkani asher b'saycham. So the Nitziv is now raising the question. If this Pasuk is talking, is telling us not to have relations with one's wife, samach levista, then why does the Pasuk say b'tamomes mishkani asher b'saycham? Why is it talking about making the mishkan tome? He says, hainu ha'odam atzmo. The Mishkan here means the person himself. Shu Mishkan Lashina, the person, every person is a Mishkan Lashina, meaning he is a sanctuary for the Shina. He is a vessel upon which the Shina can and really should rest. Mitzad Shehu Selam Elohim, because the person is a Selam Elohim. He was created in Selam Elohim. He was created with some sort of likeness, Kavayachal, to the Rebbeinu Shalom. And therefore, the person really should be a mishkan. He should be a place for the shechina upon which the shechina can rest. And therefore, it's saying, be careful. Because a person who is boil nida, a man who has relations with a woman who is in nida, he doesn't just become tamay as if he touched something that was tamay. He becomes mamish like a nida. He becomes tamay for seven days. It's a very, it's a tuma hamura. And he is defiling himself from being a, a, a vessel which can, which can host the Shechina. So that's what this Pasuk is saying. It's an amazing point that the, the Nitziv is saying. If we take away from this discussion even just one point, if we could take away from this discussion the point that the Nitziv is explaining to us that every person, he doesn't seem to say even every Jew necessarily, certainly every Jew, maybe even more than every Jew, Every person should be a, a, a mishkan, only don't mess up. Don't do the wrong thing, because there are certain things that one can do that will be mechalkal. They will destroy that, that potential of being a mishkan. The uh, former mayor of New York City, Mike Bloomberg, with whom I had very many disagreements. Of course, I never told them to him because he didn't, wasn't interested in speaking to me. But he, it was known that when he would hire somebody to a high position in the city government, or when he would hire somebody for a position in one of his multi-billion dollar businesses, he would say to the person, I'm giving you an important job, don't mess up. And that's the idea over here that the Nesib is explaining to us in this process. A human being is created, 
And therefore, every human being has the potential to be a, a place in which Hashem's holy presence can rest. Don't mess up. There are certain things you can do that will mess that up. And that's what this Pasuk is telling us. But don't, uh, in this particular case, don't defile yourself by having relations with a woman who is Samach Levista, Betamam Es Mishkanim, because that will defile the Mishkan, the Mishkan meaning the person himself.